All right, well, this morning, um, last time I shared, we did talk a little bit about uh, parenting, and this morning we're going to talk about that uh, a little more. Um, and I was thinking on the way down, um, you know, we don't look to someone to share on parenting who's perfect, <laughs> Right, I mean, the minute somebody acts like that, it's like, okay, I want to hear the next person. But I was a while back, um, and they're not here. It was at the Casins. I don't know if I called them or they called me. It was a Sunday morning, and and I don't remember what it was about. But got to church, and Tim said, you didn't hang up your phone um, when we were done talking. <laughs> and so what do you start thinking about? You know, what was going on at the house? You know, what did they hear? And he was, he's like, yeah, it sounded like our house. (laughs) But we come to church, you know, it's hectic, everything. I mean, this morning was no different. It's like, get your shoes on, get your hair. Come on, it's time to go. We're leaving now, everybody, let's go. And um, so, so anyways, um, that's... We stand up here, we stand up here with the Word of God. Anybody who has the Word of God um, can share on parenting. Um, so I want to start us out here, well, before, have a couple questions. Uh, young people, children, how many of you know Ephesians 6 1? How many? Let me see your hand. Ephesians 6 1. Any of you, your parents teach you Ephesians 6 1? Let me start you out. Children, okay, you know that song, okay, <laughs> that verse. Uh, uh, parents, how many of you know Ephesians 6, 4? Right off, okay. <laughs> Ephesians 6, and maybe your children say that to you, some mom, dad, Ephesians 6, 4. <laughs> Don't provoke your children to anger. I think there's a verse somewhere that talks about children not provoking their parents. Um, haven't found it yet. Let me ask another question. How many have received the instruction of their father this last week? Go ahead, show of hands. How many of you have received instruction of your father last week? Just a few hands. All right, let's look in Hebrews 12. We're going to start here, and then we're going to go to Ephesians. And I just want this to be an encouragement to us as we talk about parenting. And maybe kids, you sit and you think, okay, yeah, parenting, they're to boss their kids around, you know, tell them what to do. It's about obeying. It's about parents teaching, disciplining, all these things. But this is not simply a child thing. It goes beyond that. This is a way of life. Hebrews 12, starting in verse 4. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin, and you have not forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, this is from Proverbs 3, um, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. Now verse 7. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? 
But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? Verse 10. For they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, so that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So let me ask again, how many of you have received instruction from, how did I ask it there at the beginning, from their father last week? Any more show of hands than before, maybe? Okay, so, so what we're getting at. Yes, there could be the earthly father. Maybe it was. You received instruction from your earthly father. That's right and good. But Christians are children of God, sons of God, as he talks about here, receive instruction from their father. And so an encouragement to children, to young people, is this is the way of life a way of life of receiving instruction. Uh, Proverbs 6.23 says, For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching is light, and reproofs for discipline are the way of life. It's the way of life. And just a reminder for us, too, this morning, that it's not as we can have this, there can be this attitude, and apart from God, there is this attitude. Apart from his work of grace and mercy, there is this attitude of, I don't want to be under the authority of anybody. I want to be my own person. But remember, the option is not one or the other. The option is not submission to God, receiving instruction from God, which we're looking at here this morning, what God says about to parents and also to children. But I just lost my train of thought. Anybody help me? Where was I? What did I say the last? Proverbs 6, reproofs. Okay, as a way of life. Yes, there's not just two options. Sorry about that. Um, either we're our own person, we have freedom, liberty, or we submit and surrender to God. The options are we surrender to God, we submit to him, or we're a slave to sin. And we're of the fa- our father, the devil. Those are the options, enslavement to sin or enslavement and hence freedom in, to God. And so it's good for us to, to remember those things. So it's, it's not this, okay, no, I just want to be my own person. I just want independence. There's freedom only found in being delivered from our sins where we have then that ability to do what is right. Okay, so let's go to Ephesians. Let's look how easy this parenting thing is. It's one little verse in Ephesians 6, 4. Right? Fathers, Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So one verse there in Ephesians 6, 4. Let's look kind of more into the context of this and even get a sense of 
the purpose of parenting, the goal of parenting. Go back to chapter 4, verse 1. Look what Paul says here. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, I implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. And so 4.1, in light of these truths, these doctrines that he set out in chapters 1, 2, and 3, he says in light of these this reality, this calling, this calling of salvation. Um, remember back in, in chapter 2, it talks about our calling. It talk, talks about the work of salvation. You were dead in sins, but verse 4, God rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us when we were dead in our transgressions made us alive together with Christ. So in light of this calling, this, whole, this work of salvation, of regeneration, becoming a new person, it looks a certain way, then it works itself out in our lives as believers. And it works our, itself out in our lives in looking more and more like Jesus Christ. So walk in a manner worthy of the calling which, with which you have been called. And, and what's an aspect of that? It's this fathers, it's this parents, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So here we get a sense of even the the purpose of parenting. It's, It's to glorify God. It's to honor God. It's not a because I simply want this result. It's because this is what is pleasing and glorifying to God. Now let's go more uh, close, a little closer to this verse in context, chapter 5, and starting in verse 18. He says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, what are, what's the result of being filled with the Spirit? He's going to tell us here, verses 19 through 21. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Verse 20, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God and even the Father. Now, verse 21, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. So the result of being filled with the Spirit, he commands us, be filled with the Spirit. What's that look like? Well, verse 21, it looks like being subject to one another, submitting ourselves to one another. Well, and then he goes into examples of submission, and he talks about the the wife-husband relationship. He talks about the the child-parent relationship. He talks about the slave-master relationship. Really working out, okay, what's this submission look like? And and notice as we come, and I asked how many knew Ephesians 6.1, it, it doesn't start and stop with the children and give the parents just full license of an authoritarian rule. Because that would not be Christ-like. That would not be walking in a manner worthy of the calling with which we have been called. So think about this. All of this falls under being filled 
with the Spirit. Now, what's he command us to do here? So this is a result of being filled with the Spirit. And it's interesting here that, um, I mean, Paul focuses on these relationships. He, he focuses on these relationships with, of the home, of our, our work life. And these can be relationships that we become lazy in, we become sloppy in, that we take, we take for granted, we take advantage of. Um, it, it could be a roommate, but s- certainly, I mean, husband, wife, or with, with parents, I mean, where we just, like uh, when Tim Kaysen was spying on us. <laughs> uh, I don't know if maybe their whole family was listening. <laughs> hey, guys, come, no, wouldn't do that. But when they were listening to us, you know, and, and you think about, how would I be, the way I was talking to my kids, and thankfully there's not a recording, I don't know. exactly. I know it was, hey, hurry up, let's get going. But would I be talking, if I had guests in my home, would I be talking to them that way? You know, would I turn around and talk to Tim that way on the phone? And that, that's something for us to, to really think about and consider. And he's saying, listen, Filling with the Spirit, and this is where you can really see it, right, is within the home, because you're around each other so much. You can see it in the workplace. Think about the relationships, the people you're around the most. It reveals where our heart is. It reveals our walk with the Lord and our need, our need for Him. Now, we're just going to look at part of this verse, the first part of this verse. There's two commands here. The first one is do not provoke your children to anger. And the second command is bring them up. And we're just going to focus mainly, we'll get a little into the second one. But just on this first part here of do not provoke your children. Now he says fathers here. And this word for fathers, it can include it can be used as parents. It's used as parents elsewhere. But it's interesting that back in 6.1, he uses a different word for parents, a word specifically that includes mom and dad. And so it seems like there's a focus here on fathers. Um, in the Roman time period, there's a Roman law, and it says this, or it's basically this, a father had virtual life and death power, not only over his slaves, but over his entire household. He could cast any of them out of the house, sell them as slaves, or even kill them, and be accountable to no one. So just given this full authoritarian rule, so you can see where he's coming in and saying, Fathers, yes, this is what culture says, but this is not in step with, in line with, the Spirit. This isn't in line with Christ-like living. And so here directly, and, and what Scripture also talks about, of, and something I touched on before when I spoke, is just the, the, the headship of fathers. And it's not dismissing mothers at all. I mean, Proverbs doesn't do that. But here, the, this focus, fathers are to be leaders in this. And fathers can have a tendency to provoke their children to anger. 
But then our application is broader, too, of, of course, parents, fathers, and mothers. So he says, do not provoke your children to anger. And that's pretty obvious what that means, provoking our children to anger. It's interesting here that Paul does not give a list of ways a father or parents provoke their children to anger. That stood out to me. Um, Reading commentaries, read books on parenting, and oftentimes, I mean, there's a reference to this verse, obviously, and there's a list. And kids, maybe you have a list, (laughs) a list for your parents. Um, But there's not a list here. But what he does give us is a contrast. He says, do not provoke your children to anger. But what's he tell us to do? But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So how do we not provoke our children to anger? By not bringing, uh, we provoke them to anger by not bringing them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. How do we not provoke our children to anger? By being of the Lord. God is not telling us to go out and to make a list. I mean, there, there can be those things. And we could sit back and think, yeah, that, that's provoking. But God is telling us the key to not provoking our children to anger is our walking with God is being of the Lord. In a publisher's review of the duties of parents by J.C. Ryle, uh, maybe a number of you have read that, that booklet. But in this review, the publisher says, Parents cannot properly discipline unless they have first learned to govern themselves, and they must be in subjection to the scriptures if they desire obedience from their little ones and God's blessing over all. But, so this focus on just the relationship, the walk with the Lord, this walking with God by the parents. So we could say the things that are not of the Lord are going to be provoking. And we could go right back to Ephesians chapter 4, and we'll, just, we'll look at this here, and we'll, and we'll close. Go back in, in Ephesians 4. And it shares with us some things here that are not of the Lord, that are not walking in a manner worthy of the calling with which we have been called by God. And just so just think about the importance of our relate our walking with God, our relationship with the Lord. I'm, we can sit back and as as parents and I mean, you know, I gotta get my kids to to learn this, to do this, and, and then we can we can be frustrated when it's not coming through and 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 all the while we could be missing this aspect of things, of our relationship with God, our walking with God, our need for him, that despite how they're acting, that we are walking with the Lord, that we are filled with the Spirit. So he says here, and in, in let's look at verse 20 of chapter 4. He says, but you... 
You did not learn Christ in this way. So see, learning isn't just about kids learning something, right? He says, you haven't learned this. So, so young people, children, realize this. What your parents are teaching you, they're learning. They have to learn. They have to receive instruction, as we mentioned earlier. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is, is, is in Jesus. Now let's look here in 25 through the end of this chapter and just pull out some things here, things that would be provoking. Verse 25, therefore laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor. What would be provoking to our children here? Lying, not keeping our word, not being truthful with them. Telling them we're going to do something and we, we don't do it. We don't come through with it. Um, but not speaking the truth. Let's go on to the verse. next verse 26. Be angry, yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not give the devil an opportunity. Not dealing with sin. Letting the sun go down on our wrath and not dealing with sin. It goes on here, verse 28. He who stills must still no longer, but rather he must labor performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. And, and you think about these things as we're a parent. He, he tells them in verse 4 of chapter 6, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And you read through Proverbs, so much of it is what? It's about diligence. It's about honesty. It's about I, I'm not stealing by having just balances. And here, okay, we're teaching our children, you need to be honest. You need to be honest. You need to do your, your, your schoolwork and, and do it on your own and not be cheating, not borrowing from others. You need to be honest at your workplace. You need to give, you know, when you're at work, you need to be giving all your time there. And then they see mom and dad kind of fudging on their taxes, you know, stealing, cheating, lying. Well, that's provoking, that's going to be provoking. Okay, let's go on down here. Verse 29, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. So unwholesome speech, that, that's going to be provoking to our children, berating them, name-calling, um, out of just angry words. Unwholesome speech. Verse, verse 30. Grieving the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And remember, chapter 6, verse 4, this is a result of, this is what being filled with the Spirit looks like. Don't grieve the Spirit. Anger. Look what he says in verse 31. Let all bitterness, and look at all these words he uses in regards to anger. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander be put away from you along with all malice. I mean, this is a big deal. Let all of this be put away from you. Bitterness, wrath, that's kind of along the lines of passionate outburst, anger, 
just this state of anger, clamor. It's kind of this idea of like shouting, arguing. Slander, abusive language, gossip. And then he just sums it up, all malice, all ill will. Put these things away from you. Anger is provoking, would be provoking to our children. And then lastly here, verse 32, unkindness. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ Jesus has forgiven you. Just unkindness is provoking. Be kind. Be tenderhearted. We, we don't get a pass. It, it, these things do not somehow not apply in our home. These things do not somehow apply to, uh, to a father in regards to his children or a husband to his wife or a wife to her husband or a wife to her children or, or whatever the relationship is, roommates or whatever it is. It doesn't somehow not apply here. This is where it, it applies, and it applies mostly, if we could say it that way. Be kind to one another, forgiving. And so here we come to parenting, we look, and we could sit and share stories of all our failures. And we fell. Are we tender-hearted? Do we go to our children and acknowledge that? Confess that, repent of that. Have that be restored, and, and that's, that's provoking ongoing unconfessed sin. That damages relationships, puts a wedge in relationships. So in conclusion and just by way of review, remember, reproofs for discipline, they're they're the way of life. This is the way. This is the way of life. A heart, an attitude of receiving instruction. And the encouraging thing is, is this is done in the Lord. That God is sovereign in these relationships, in all relationships. So as we are submitting, as we're receiving instruction from them, we are receiving instruction from God. This is the way of life. So parents, young people, how are we receiving reproofs for discipline? Parents, adults, what, what kind of examples are we being? In, in what ways were we being disciplined this past week, adults? Were we being reproved? Are we receiving that? And share that. I'd, I'd encourage you to share that with the young people here. Share that. Young people, kids, ask today at the mill, ask adults how they've been reproved, how they're being disciplined, or a time when they were disciplined. Parents, share with your children how God has disciplined you, how you're being disciplined. It's not just that they're disciplined, but you're disciplined. And remember, the key to not provoking our children to anger is being of the Lord, is being filled with the Spirit. A parallel passage here to this, to the be filled with the Spirit of Ephesians 5 is Colossians Colossians 3.16 that says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. Is the word of Christ richly dwelling within us? Richly dwelling within us. The, the, the Christian life, and hear this aspect of it, parenting, isn't something that, I got this, 
down. I, I can be a good parent. You know, I, I could not provoke my children to anger. No, it, it's, it's, only, it's by being filled with the Spirit. It's by being richly filled with the Word of Christ. There, there's a direct and close correlation there, being filled with the Spirit, being filled with the Word of God. It's the grace of God working in us and through us. Let's pray. God, we just we thank you for the work of grace. Thank you for your work of grace, of mercy, Lord, of calling us, Lord, of giving us a heart to receive your instruction, Lord. Thank you for your discipline, Lord. God, I pray that, that you, you'll help us, that you'll encourage the hearts of, of parents, encourage the hearts of children, Lord, to... to walk by your spirit, not by the flesh. Lord, to to have hearts to receive instruction, Lord, to be teachable, to be moldable, Lord. Conform us more to be like you and, and your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.